Welcome to Table 86, a podcast centered on creatives of color who are transforming the landscape of the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Geo Darwin. Let's take a seat. Trust women. Families belong together. Black lives matter. If you scroll through Arlie Arrington's Instagram feed, you will view these mantras of the movement placed prominently on some of the most beautiful pies, cakes, and cookies you've ever seen. A self-taught baker and social justice warrior, Arlie has used her platform to raise awareness around many causes, from immigration and racism to reproductive rights. At the table today, Arlie and I discuss the experiences that led her to make a difference in the world and how she plans to keep fighting for injustice one baked good at a time. Today at the table, I have the lovely and the infamous Arlie (laughs) Arrington. Thank you so much for joining me today, Arlie. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, My name is Arlie Arrington. I am a baker living in Richmond, Virginia. You're what I like to call a little bit of a social justice warrior. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) That seems like a big title, but I like it. (laughs) What drew me into you were these social justice focused cakes. Like, I think you had a cake that said, believe women. And it was like, oh, wow, I like that she's using her platform to do something really cool and different. And so can you tell me a little bit how you got into that? Yeah. So I actually moved to Richmond from Charlottesville, Virginia. And like while there, I was working at a nonprofit and I kind of quit that job to start baking business in the hopes of opening my own shop someday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was doing a lot of weddings and pop-up events and markets and private orders for people. And, you know, just trying to make like fun, pretty desserts and tasty desserts. And it was the day of the inauguration in 2017 Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, when I attended the Women's March and I posted a photo of myself and got a lot of strong reactions from that. I lost hundreds of followers on Instagram that day. What were the comments? Like, what were people saying? A lot of people were like, oh, I'm just here for cupcakes. Like, I'm so sad that you had to take this there. Why did you have to make this political? Which I was just kind of talking about, like, my life mattering. Like, my life as a Black person and my life as a woman. And this isn't, like, me being political. This is me wanting to survive and for people that I love and care about to survive, too. So I see Um, that trope a lot in the news, right? You know, the football players who are just supposed to play football, um, not supposed to take political action or stand up for what they believe in. It's interesting that we pour our passions into whatever we do. And part of our passion is like our identity and where we come from. You know, when I'm saying these things, I am going to turn certain people off, but that is also going to attract people that I want to attract. And so that's been cool, like just being able to connect with different people, just from talking about these things and also to like give people a way to engage in issues of social justice that is honestly like a pretty palatable (laughs) um, avenue, if I could be a little punny. I I, Um, I like the pun on that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
but yeah, you know, like it's cake and it's tasty and it's pretty and it's something that people get excited about and they can relate to, but it can also like make people think. Nice. I've obviously seen, I saw the cookies. One of my favorite was like, be my equal. Mm -hmm. What are some of the sayings, like your favorite sayings that you've put on your cakes and on your other baked goods? Well, on MLK Day, I like to say Black Lives Matter, just to remind people, this is what King was fighting for, Black Lives Matter. Right. Um, Just because I feel like he gets so, like, watered down. And today, like, yeah, if you're not here for Black Lives Matter, then I don't want to hear you quoted King. Now, do the recipes align with the saying? Sometimes they do. Like for MLK Day this year, I did something that was kind of like a shout out to my heritage as an African-American and like a Caribbean-American. And like I did a couple pride cakes um, that were funfetti, like, you know, rainbow sprinkles inside and some cakes for, I actually did two cakes for immigrant families Mm -hmm. and I used like recipes from like Latin American bloggers. There was like a Mexican Neapolitan cake and there was a churro cake too. So it's like representing culturally from a cuisine Mm -hmm. perspective, but then having meaning in exactly what you're presenting on that cake, right? Yeah. Um, So you mentioned there, which you didn't know, um, that is you're from Caribbean descent or you're of Caribbean descent? I am, yes. Nice. Where from? From Jamaica. My mother immigrated to the States. When so she was my nine. husband is Jamaican. Oh, cool. Where is he from? Port Antonio. You know, I've never been to Jamaica. I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that has been interesting is, so you are first generation here? I am, yeah. So one of the things that has been interested is he immigrated here when he was 18. Mm-hmm. And this political climate has had him really like angry, rightfully so, mm-hmm. especially as we talk about immigration and things like that. I'd be interested to see how that has impacted you and the things you're seeing and how that has even translated in some of the work that you do in terms of baking. Yeah, I definitely am the child of an immigrant, which that's a big deal to me, like thinking about how so many people in this country are talking about immigrants coming here like I am here because an immigrant was allowed into this country but I also like that is a part of my story but I also tried to challenge myself to think about like the issues that other people are facing like I'm not necessarily at the center of that like I am the child of an immigrant but I like grew up in America I look like an American, like, you know, nobody would guess that I don't (laughs) quote unquote belong here. You know, there is like some, although I I am a first generation American, there is like some privilege that I have. And so, yeah, I just want to like honor other people's experiences and learn from other people. Uh, Nice. And so you talked a little bit about like what drives your passion. I'm interested Mm -hmm. if your upbringing influenced any of that? Yeah, well, so my mother actually passed away when I was really young. I think I was seven when she passed away. I'm sorry Um, to hear that. Yeah, but I do think like she was a very compassionate person and a very gracious person. I did get to have her for seven years and I feel like that was very 
formative for me. And then even after she passed away, like my brothers and I were all cared for by actually her cousin and her husband. So I call her my aunt and I got to have like a stable environment growing up where that's awesome. Like a lot of people facing that, like facing the loss of their caretaker, like wouldn't be able to have a stable home. I got to have that and I got to like get a good education and I had a lot of opportunities that people in my situation don't always have, which I feel like that is like grace. Like that is like such a gracious part of Mm -hmm. my story and my journey. Like I feel very fortunate. And so through this like journey of baking and um, creating these, uh, you know, these cakes that obviously have a purpose and a passion and a real meaning. Mm. Have you come across people who are like, ready to join your fight or who have been like touched? Yeah. um, So one thing that's been cool for some of the cakes, I have actually auctioned them off to different causes and different organizations. So you could buy a cake from me with a donation to like Planned Parenthood or ACLU or locally there was like a fund to pay for jail bonds for mothers on Mother's Day. And I like auctioned off some cupcakes for that. So that's been a really cool way to invite other people in. It's like very tangible. Like they're donating to these causes, which has been like really fun. And some people just donate and they don't get the cake, which I like oh, that's really awesome. love it. <laughs> when somebody messages me like, hey, thanks for reminding me. Like I've been meaning to donate to them. And I appreciate the reminder. I know you said that at one point you were working at a nonprofit and also working Mm -hmm. at a fine dining restaurant and you saw the disparities just between the two. Would you say that's a moment that shaped you? And if so, like how? Yeah, definitely. It was honestly like a pretty like depressing situation at first, like just seeing the work that I did at the nonprofit my paychecks there paled in comparison to my paychecks at this fine dining restaurant where at the nonprofit, I was like mentoring youth and like, you know, creating relationships with families and volunteers and, you know, doing all of this work that to me was really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the restaurant where, you know, I loved the restaurant and I loved the people I worked with, but it was also like, I'm just describing wine to people and like, I'm bringing a plate of food across a restaurant. And it was like hard work, but the value that it had was just disheartening to me to think like my investment in like middle school girls and their families is not nearly as valuable to the world as my waitressing work. How would you see your platform evolving. Um, I think you have a great presence on social media. You talked a little bit about it, but what are your dreams moving forward to expand your business? Yeah, well, I think every day about like what a business plan would look like for me. Things like change and shift so much. Ultimately, my ultimate goal is to be able to provide good jobs for people that wouldn't necessarily have like a leg up on finding a good job. So just thinking about like 
a lot of service industry jobs, they're not very well paying. You don't get PTO, you don't get health insurance. Like it's hard to have like kids that you're taking care of. And it's also like, it's hard as a minority person to feel like comfortable in so many spaces and to feel like Mm -hmm. ownership in so many spaces. So that is something that I want to be able to provide for people is good, meaningful work that helps them like take care of their families and like live the life that they should be able to live. So I don't know, like maybe that'll like a bakery storefront someday. Maybe it'll look like, I don't know. There's like, there's a million things. Styling. (laughs) There's yeah. Like (laughs) classes, you know, there's like, yeah a million different ways that that could work out. But yeah, that's kind of where I want to just be able to use the different skills and passions that I have. Yeah. And thank you on telling your story. But one of the most interesting things that I've seen with you is like, you look, I haven't gotten the pleasure to taste your cakes, but you look like a phenomenal, (laughs) like a bomb ass baker, right? Like you, um, and stylist, like your pictures are gorgeous. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit about like what your creative process is? I feel like social justice and like your drive and passion to give back to the community is just like a piece of that entire process. Yeah. So I think about food and look at food like all the time. I spend so much time looking at food on Instagram and on Pinterest and I like save a lot of like recipes and ideas and I also really love using the flavor bible. I don't know if you're familiar I've with heard that of it. book. Yeah, so it's like this awesome encyclopedia of a bunch of different flavors and you can so you look up like coffee as an ingredient and then it lists all these other ingredients that mm. pair really well and that like heighten the flavor of coffee. And I really like looking at that and cookbook. And I can kind of like go down a rabbit hole of trying to think of like flavor combinations to do and different ways to like decorate a cake. I am like a self-taught baker. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't gone to pastry school or anything. (laughs) Part of me feels like, I don't know. Like that imposter syndrome, like, uh, am I good? <laughs> Should I be doing this? Um, uh, but- that's funny. Uh, it's funny because I, one of the phrases, I heard it on the tech talk. And if I can find his head talk, you know, I'll post it in the show notes. But um, it was a woman who said like, you know, don't fake it till you make it, fake it till you become it. And I always think about that when I think about my own imposter syndrome. Like mm-hmm. it's not faking it until I make it. It's like fake it until I am that. Yeah. So I say one by your pictures and by how good everything looks, I would say you are a baker. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, And experience in life is the best teacher, right? So yeah, I do bake a lot. I'm getting a lot of experience. (laughs) So what was your most interesting flavor profile that you've come up with? I do like to put masala spices in sweet potato pie. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I also really like mixing coconut and lime and dark chocolate. That's like been my jam for a little bit. Oh, nice. So tell me about this masala spice in sweet potato pie. What does it give it? Or in sweet potato? So that was a flavor that was inspired by a lot of like a a deep dive into the flavor Bible. (laughs) 
Mm. Um, the flavors that go in masala, like now I can't remember them. Like but, cloves and ginger. Yeah, and, and like cardamom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those sort of like warm spices go really nicely with sweet potato. And it's kind of like a, it's not like that crazy of a flavor combination, but it's just like a little bit what you would expect a sweet potato pie to taste like, but just a little extra, you know. Nice. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) So other question that I do have for you is, what advice do you have for other people who want to show up? So just some context. Um, I had gone to a talk a while ago for Planned Parenthood, and there was a woman Mm -hmm. there who spoke about, like, everybody has the power to show up. Everybody Mm -hmm. has the power to do something to move the movement forward, whatever movement that is. And actually, one of the examples she said, if you bake cookies, like make some pink cookies and support Planned Parenthood. (laughs) So (laughs) you've obviously shown up in a very interesting way, right? What advice do you have Mm -hmm. for people who are looking to show up? Well, for me, it can be really intimidating to think about like engaging in this stuff. And, you know, like, I always feel imposter syndrome, like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Like, I don't deserve, you know, any recognition because there like, there's so much other stuff that I could be doing. And I think just like not getting caught up on all of the things that you could be doing, like just pick one thing, no matter how big or how small it is, like doing something is better than doing nothing. Right. I 100% agree with, agree with that. And I think it's important for people to know and to hear. Um, So one final question before I have a a quick little game I want us to play. So I want to know who now inspires you? What continues to inspire you to keep going and keep moving in this path? Yeah. Well, I feel like there are a lot of amazing women doing amazing things, even like here in Richmond, or like in Charlottesville where I'm from and I'm still like connected to people there and watching them like uh, Sayana Bryant, uh, who's a young woman that I actually met through the nonprofit that I used to work for. She is this awesome activist and speaker in Charlottesville. Actually, she's now in her first year of college. Awesome. Um, but when she was in high school, she started the petition to remove the Confederate statues from the city park, which sparked all of the events that happened, like the protests and everything that happened in Charlottesville over the next couple years. And yeah, she is just like brave and committed and smart and passionate. And it's really cool to see this like young woman that I've like known her from when she was like, I don't know, like 11 mm-hmm. in middle school. And she was always, I was always like, Zion is going to be president someday. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, now she's like a leader and she's awesome. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, do you watch the show Chopped? Mm, no, I don't watch a lot of food television, except for Christmas Cookie Challenge. <laughs> oh, there you go. Which is fun. So... Today's table topic is we're going to play Chopped. And Chopped, you're going to get a basket with three different ingredients. They're going to be very foreign to each other. And I want you to come up with a dessert based on that. And you can be really outside of the box with that dessert. 
And I think you know desserts pretty well based on your Instagram feed. I hope so. (laughs) So here goes my three ingredients. And they're all kind of fall related. So parsnips, Mm -hmm. cayenne pepper, Mm -hmm. and huckleberries. Huckleberries. (laughs) (laughs) Huckleberries. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that is my curveball. Okay. I mean, I guess. Uh, oh my goodness. This is so strange. You want to pull out the flavor Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like all the way across the room. I can't get to it in time. Okay. So parsnips. Parsnips don't have like a. Nothing about this is that dessert. Except I know. That's the great thing about chopped. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I think I want huckleberry to be a big focus here because berries make a really nice like natural color for like a whipped cream or sorry for a, like a buttercream. Mm. Um, so I would really love to like cook berries down into like a compote and then you drain it out and you just get this like beautiful like blackberries make this like hot pink and i feel like huckleberries would be kind of close to that nice so i would really just want to like get that color out of the huckleberry and maybe some of the flavor so you do a cream and then what flavored cake would you do i'll do like a honey cake with a little kick the cayenne mm. and i still can't do anything with the parsnips they'll and be then you'll do a parsnip Oh, you could do a parsnip, a shaved parsnip on top because they have a yeah. nice a nice texture when you cook them down and shave them, almost like mimicking coconut. Oh, nice. Cool. Could I make it look like a flower somehow? You could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'll do. A okay. little flower parsnip on top. So to be fair, so what you'd make is, hey, <laughs> we, we work this together, which is fine. I, I love collaboration. So right. you do hot honey cake with huckleberry buttercream. Mm-hmm. And parsnip flour garnish. Yes. That sounds amazing. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe I would put cream cheese in the frosting. I don't think I would do very well on the show because I (laughs) am not like somebody who just like dives right in. Like I think and plan, like I get way too in my head. So where can people find you? Well, I am on Instagram and Facebook. My handle on both of those is arley.cakes. Nice. And how do you spell it? A-R-L-E-Y period C-A-K-E-S. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. And I can't wait. When I come to Richmond, can I pick up some of your baked goods? Yes, definitely. 